What's up? How'd you do today? How'd you golf? Uh, 77. <sighs> was, uh, was pretty good. I putted good. You seem like so, you have a good putt game. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not a good putter. I putted good today. Uh, yeah, I made everything I was supposed to make inside of five feet. That doesn't happen with me every day. So I was overall, I was pleased with my performance. And there is no drinking when you're playing. I don't drink in general. That's I've worn out my I've worn out my drinking card. You know, I, I got my money's worth. Trust me. I, I don't drink at all. No, I could care less. If anybody wants to drink, have at it. What drink was, as much as you want. What was the bread boon drink of choice back in the day? Oh, I was a big light beer guy. Then I went to vodka tonics. Mm, uh, I do like a vodka. Yeah, that was probably that was probably you know hard drink vodka tonic. Uh, hanging out golf course. After a game, Miller Light, Bud Light, whatever light. But, and when you were uh, yeah, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink anymore. And in the club, in the clubhouse, did they have all the drinks you could handle? Is it one of those things, or you had? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, we had a bar. <laughs> you guys <laughs> had, had a bar? bar, and most you know most teams you know beer was was the norm you know in the cooler. Right. I think it's changing a little bit now though you know, and I think we covered this you know in another. In another podcast, we might have covered it, where I think, you know, in, in 2020, it's a different world. And, and, you know, the liability factor is so high. Mm. I think it's been a norm in Major League Baseball clubhouses for so long because that's just the way it was. But I think with an ever-changing world and, and uh, you know, when you, when, you t- when you take a step back and just look at the scenario, it's actually probably a really good thing, <laughs> you know. I mean, guys drinking after the game and we get into our cars and we go home and forever. That was kind of normal. Not saying guys are, you know, driving half half slosh, but having a couple beers was a normal thing. And uh, so I I look at it as a positive, actually, but uh, definitely different than than the generation I grew up in or generation I played in. It's definitely, uh, you know, making a change. And, and I think in the end, it's it's a change for the better. Well, welcome everybody to the Boone Podcast. He is Silver Slugger, all-star, my very own personal chef. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Brett Boone. He is, and he's still a chef. Tremendous. <laughs> he is one with the orange roughy. I'm Dan uh, I'm Levy. Re- I'm, really, I'm really mediocre. I think you'd be really disappointed with all the, the fish talk and the, and the food talk. I think you'd be disappointed. At, yeah. at my actual skills in the kitchen, they're really kind of mediocre. I like food in general, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure I would come around to it. My name is Dan Levy. Consider me the pitcher. I'm just going to lob things up to good old Brett Boone because nobody really cares what I have to say. They care what you end up to say. So I'll pitch him to you. You hit him out of the park. And we can start with, well, we'll start with the nice stuff first. We'll, we'll get to the everything else. First and foremost, in Chicago... There is a pretty bright spot out here right now. We talked about baseball in the beginning of the year. You and I went back and forth and said, we talked about teams. Who's going to be surprised? Who's going to be pretty good? You said the White Sox were, were going to be pretty good. Well, as a Chicago pride thing, they beat up on the Cubs over the weekend, which is a huge thing. And coming off the heels of that, we had Lucas Giolito throw a no-hitter, which is probably one of the more brighter spots for baseball. Are the White Sox changing your tune at all as somebody who could be a serious competitor for the postseason run. Well, I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that the White Sox have, have really turned it around. There, You know, there hasn't been uh, that much excitement, you know, in, in that side of Chicago for a while now. And, um, 
you know, I knew they were a lot better. I know they're young. I know they're an exciting team. They're kind of like the, the Padres of the National League West, <clears throat> where they're just kind of, hey, we're, we're not the Padres, the doormat of this league that we've been for the last, wow, you know, count the years, 10 or 15 years, just real young, exciting players. Uh, I think the Chicago White Sox, if anything, I, th- I think it's the Cubs that would have no chance against the White Sox. I think the White Sox are a better team. You know, I look at the Cubs and you got some some pitching that's that's kind of ailing a little bit. You know, bright spot with, with Darvish coming back. He's pitching really well. Offense really hasn't done that much on the, uh, you know, f- from the Cubs standpoint, uh, but they are where they are in the standings. You know, they're definitely going to go to the postseason. I don't expect much out of the Cubs get to the postseason. White Sox are kind of a wild card for me. I think they're a better team than the Cubs. Different. They're not in the National League. National League is a weaker, weaker league right now. And that ebb and flows over the years. You know, sometimes you, you go on a long run where the American League is just kind of dominant and then it'll switch over and it'll be the National League. Right now, obviously, with, with the postseasons, uh, the American League's got a little bit of dominance going on right now. So uh, it's going to be a little tougher for a team like the White Sox to get through the postseason because there's a lot more – there's better teams, just to be frank. Whereas the Cubs have a little easier run because there's not as many quality teams over there in the National League side. Both interesting. Uh, man, these, these White Sox, are they're good. They got some good players, so I, I think that's going to be exciting for them. And I mentioned the Padres just because I've been watching, and I live in San Diego. Uh, real exciting team too. They can pitch. Uh, I, this Tatis kid single handedly has has had an influence on that team that that you don't expect from a young player. And guys like Machado, who were MVP candidates and, and signed the big contracts, Hosmer. You know, the last few years is kind of just watching them, and, and and I think they, I think. Machado came over one year ago, but to watch him play, it was kind of a whatever, you know, somewhat uninterested, like Machado's body language can be. I'll tell you, this Tatis kid, for whatever he's doing, he's really rubbed off. He's a fun player to watch. He's a ridiculously talented player. And I think he's really got this whole team up playing the game right. And they're having a lot of fun in San Diego. The only the only problem is they're in the, the National League West where you got the Dodgers who who is still the uh, absolute class of the National League. Now, th- now seeing that where we are with this league right now, a shortened season is what it is because of the whole COVID situation and yada, yada, yada. We are now at about 31 games into this season. The question for you is midseason. What other teams have you, broke out to you, and what? Dan, other teams do you want have- do you want my my grades for the for the midway point? Sure. And and it's really tough, you know. I was kind of looking at that the, the you know looking at the the leagues as a whole. Uh, some of the guys are right there at thirty games. Some of the some of the teams, you know, like the St. Louis Cardinals, they haven't had that that thirty games yet. They've only had twenty. So you got people all over the map as far as their record because of the quarantining. Because right. if they tested, you know, they had to skip four games because of a because of a quarantine situation. So it's kind of all over the map. I, I just kind of went through real quick and we go to the American league. I put at the top, no chance. And I put the the national league and the American league are very different. Uh, I, I, I put, here we go. We got the no chance. We got the Mariners, Rangers, angels, Kansas city, Detroit, and Boston. I've already written them all off. And, uh, you know, I got the four shares, which you got the Yankees, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, White Sox, and the Twins, 
with, man, Tampa Bay is really standing out to me right now. You know, we know the White Sox are, are much better. We know the Twins from a year ago, great team. Cleveland's got some some pitching, some good players. And the Yankees, when they're, when they're at full force, uh, you know, can bludgeon you offensively. Uh, Paxton's a little bit of a question mark for him. You got Cole at the top, Tanaka, who's been Mr. Reliable for, for the Yankees for 10 years now. But are they good enough with with those two at the top, just Cole and Tanaka? I, I think you'd need a little more. Look for the Yankees maybe to make a deal here at the trade, trade deadline. And then I got the guys in the middle, Toronto, Baltimore. Baltimore has been a, kind of a success story with how bad they've been the last several years. Um they're a maybe team. I think they're on the bubble with with eight teams in each league making the postseason this year. It's pretty easy, easy time to make the postseason, probably the, the easiest in the history. So uh, Toronto and Baltimore kind of on the bubble to get to that postseason and have a chance. Uh, go over to the National League. The no chance teams in the National I've only got three, Pirates, Giants, and for some reason the Nationals, you know. Uh, Strasburg going down really hurts them. You know, he's, he's, he was kind of their big dog last year. Scherzer, Scherzer is getting a little bit older. Um, it, there's just something. I watched that team. There's something about them with Rendon going over to the Angels. Uh, there's something missing offensively with them. So I've got them in the no chance. And I hate to do that this early, but, you know, we're midway. It, for the for sure guys over there, the obvious is the Dodgers. Still class of that league, have been. Padres really have made a big turn, and, and they're going to be pretty good. Uh, the Braves, they're for real, but they were for real a year ago. And the Cubs, you know, they've got off to such a good start. I don't look for them to do much in the postseason, but then again, what do I know? And then I got the maybe category. I got a big maybe category over there in the uh, – National League at the Diamondbacks, Colorado, Philly, Mets, Marlins, uh, who have turned the corner a little bit, uh, Milwaukee, uh, not really Reds. The Reds don't. Yeah, I've been watching the Reds recently. It's it's almost like I get a Nationals feeling from them, but they're in a division where they could come out of it. Cardinals are always dangerous, and, and that's the one where I don't think you have the the accurate. We don't have an accurate count yet to really see what kind of club this Cardinals team is, but they're always dangerous. It seems year in and year out, they're always there. So, so there may be, so uh, we'll see. That's, that's kind of my breakdown. And, and I think you hit it on the head with the Cardinals or with the White Sox being a real, not necessarily a surprise team. We knew where they were going to be better, uh, but I think they're a little better than I even thought they were going to be going into the season. Is did you leave all of your teams that you played for on, in good terms? I know like when I've left radio stations, there's some that I'm like, oh, I really hope to see those succeed. And then there's ones I've had a horrible endings to. And I'm like, I'd be fine if that station just flipped to like all Spanish right around now. <laughs> is, there, <laughs> well, no, is, I, is there a team where you're just like, man, I really hope that that team just they actually just I, you know, I, did, I didn't take it that us. serious. Really? Yeah, and I, I never took it serious. Uh, you know, the, the two main teams I played for were the Reds. Played for them five years and, and parts of seven years with Seattle. So those are my two kind of mainstays. You know, when, when, mm-hmm. when I think when my name's mentioned, you, most people probably put me in that. Uh, they remember me as a Seattle Mariner where some people put me as a Cincinnati Red. Uh, my best years were in Seattle. I consider myself a Seattle guy, and that's no disrespect 
respect the Reds. I had, I had five fun years in, in Cincinnati and played on a couple of really good teams. And the other teams for me, I, I really wasn't there long enough to get, to get a, any sort of emotional attachment to. I got to play one year with the Atlanta Braves. Great team. I think won 104 games. Got to go to a World Series with them. And then I played one, one year with the Padres. So uh, uh, no ill will uh, from my side of it, uh, you know. But I but I kind of keep my eye on the Mariners for some reason. I keep my eyes my eye on Cincinnati a little bit. But uh, when I was a player, it, it was a business, and, and it's my job to put on my uni every day and, and do the best I can for whoever I'm playing for. So so I, you know, I didn't give myself a chance to have any ill will or you know. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. It, it's a business. It's a job, and and it's my livelihood. So. Whatever uni I had on, that's that's the uni I, I I gave everything I had for. Your grandfather was a part of a team that was once known as the Milwaukee Braves. They're no longer the Milwaukee Braves. That name belongs to somebody else. But when you go up there, they're called the Brewers. And a situation happened in Wisconsin, Kenosha, to be more exact. And there was a shooting involved, a police shooting. And because of the situation and because of the political state that we are in right now, it has led to the Milwaukee Brewers saying they don't want to play tonight, which did a domino effect. And a lot of teams are not playing, including the San Diego Padres, who you know and love as well. And it has even leaked over into the NBA and other teams and other sporting events have kind of followed suit. Um, what are your thoughts on this, of people actually stopping to play a game to have a political stance? Wow, it's a loaded question. Um, they'll get, they'll get you used know, to it. I'm, I'm, think, not, I'm me, not a fan of me, too many of these. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me, let me preface the whole thing where I learned a long time ago, and and man, it, we're we're so polarized right now as a nation, and uh, from a political standpoint, and I learned a long time ago that that you know on this side of the on this side of the ledger now on the, on the entertainment side of baseball, I'm no longer a player. So I'm going to be asked to comment on things like this. And, and the first thing I want to kind of say is nobody really cares in what Brett Boone thinks about politics. Nobody cares. I learned that a long time ago. You know, you, it, politically, those, those are your private feelings. People that don't feel like they're private, they, they, they talk about it publicly. And, and that's their right as a, as a, as a uh, free person in the United States of America. But I realized a long time ago, nobody cares about what I think politically. So, so I don't share that with people. I can take it from a, from a professional measure and what I see going on today. First, I want to say I, re- I respect each and every player and their decisions they make individually. They're a man. You know, they can make their own decisions. It's not for me to judge or, and I don't sit in judgment of anybody. But if you put it to me as a player, uh, I just felt like, you know, I, I, I love sports and I love watching sports. I don't want politics in my sports. I want to watch a sports for a lot of people. It, it's, uh, it's, it's a getaway from the everyday rigors of life of, of some people out there working nine to five jobs or working two jobs or, you know, running kids on carpools. And that's their escape when they go to watch a movie or, or, and I guess now I'm, I'm, I'm commenting on what I like. When I turn on a sporting event, I want to see those guys play. I want to see the best players in the world play. When I turn on a golf match, I want to see the best golfers in the world play. Basketball, same thing. Uh, so personally, and, and this is how I went at it as a player, 
I felt like when I put that uniform on of the organization I was representing, I had an obligation to represent them as how they would want to be represented, how the owner that signed my paycheck, uh, I had an obligation to him and I, I, I had a certain amount of respect I gave to him because I feel when you're at work, you're at work and it's not just my platform to do anything I want. I, I have an obligation when I sign my contract to when I put that uniform on to represent that uniform and that city and that organization to the best of my ability. And I, I chose not to, my job is to play baseball. That's it. My job is to show up every day when the, my name's in the lineup and that game starts is, is to go out and play a game and, and bust my butt for, th- for three hours for those fans that pay to come to the games or pay to watch on TV. That was my job. Not to, to tell them what my feelings are. Uh, this nation's going through a, a, an obvious, really tough time right now. And, and I have kids and, and we have discussions about it. And, and what do they think? And there's good dialogue. And, and I think as parents, we need to be there for our kids right now to, to, for when they have questions about what's going on and explain, not tell them what to believe or what to think, but just give them the facts best you can as a parent. And, and I look at this and I, I don't have any, uh, real feelings either way. I, I just think, what would I do as a player? And as a player, I would respect my organization and what they wanted me to do. Because my job is to play baseball, not to be an activist, not to, not to tell everybody what I think politically or anything, not to lecture anybody on anything. I can have my feelings. I can, I, I can, once I leave that ballpark and I don't have that uniform on, I can do anything I want. But when I'm there, that's my employer. That's the guy that signs my checks. If he says we're not playing tonight, then Brett Boone, the baseball player, says we're not playing tonight because that's what they told me because that's my job. Uh, so I just look at it pretty pretty simply that way. So, so I really don't have to get into it. Once again, and, and I can't stress this enough, I respect each and every player out there. And they're, they live in a free country. And, and we live in a free country for a reason that we can we – can, do whatever we want to do. We can voice our opinions and, and in any form that we choose to do it. But I, I just think as a player, I'd go with my teammates. If, if, if the owner of, of the franchise that I was playing for said, hey, we think this is a good thing and we're not going to play tonight, and my teammates were on board, I'd support my teammates. Uh, if the owner said, no, Brett, <laughs> you're, you're paid to play second base tonight. I play second base because that's my job. And that's, that's what I think uh, about being a professional. So I, I'm, I'm, that's my take on it. And, um, you know, it's just sad that, that, that today we've got to, you know, it seems like these discussions are coming up a lot. And, and not necessarily sad. These are things that we haven't gone through. I, I guess in my lifetime, I've never seen stuff like this. You know, you, you, you don't want to go too far back into history, you know, and your kids will come to you and, and say something like, oh, yeah, we've never seen anything like this in the country. Well, you're 15 years old. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, what do you know about 1947? I got some, I got some uh, stories from you that, you that your great grandpa would share with you, how it was back then versus now. You know, so, so it's not that, that countries or have ever gone through things like that. Not in our modern day. This is as toxic and, and as, as polar, you know, polarizing as, as we've seen in, in our lifetime, but, but it's probably been there in history where we haven't been around. So uh, I, I, I just don't know. I, I don't like to really get into it. Cause once again, my, my opinion is nobody cares what I think about this. They care about me turning double play. <laughs> 
care about me hitting a home run, <laughs> care about me hitting a sack fly to win the game and, uh, you know, leave the politics to the politicians. It is interesting because we're in such a unique time and I feel like every generation has a unique time and I feel like we are in a whirlwind of unique times. Your grandfather played and then he had to go fight in World War Two. So mm-hmm. that that changed things. And then there's, you know, when your dad played, you know, that was probably one of the more, you know, volatile times of, you know, the 60s and the 70s and, and racial tension and Vietnam and all sorts of things. And when you played, we had 9-11. So it's like, I feel like every generation, everything's a, a unique time to play. And usually the game is the excuse. Usually the game is the entertainment. It's the the vacation of the brain. You get that focus well, and, on and you else. And, and, you know, you hit on a unique point. When you talk about 9-11, I was right there. I remember where I was. I was in, uh, I was in a hotel in Anaheim, California. We were getting ready to uh, – I, I forget if we were playing a game that night, and then it was getaway day. And I remember getting woke up and, you know, in the early hours when the, when the planes hit the towers. And, man, talk about a surreal time. We can all, you know, all of us <laughs> that are listening here that are old enough to remember, you know, we all probably knew where we were on that day. Sure. And I remember a few, you know, we, we took a little pause and, and uh, you know, we went to, we ended up taking a vote. And the players, you know, all got together after we kind of had some time to, to mourn a little bit for a couple of days and really realize what had just happened. And each team came together individually. And had a vote on, do you want to go forward or do you want to stop the season? And overwhelmingly, we voted to play because we felt it was our job as Major League Baseball players to get up and get through this. And, and if we could be a tiny bit, a tiny part in healing the nation at the time when it needed a little bit of healing, uh, we felt like we were obligated to do that. And I think as professionals, that was our attitude and that's what we did. So, yeah, I I mean, it wasn't a polarizing time like it is now. Uh, That was an attack from another, you know, from another nation. Uh, But this is this is polarizing in a much different way. And it's been going on for a while now. So all all I can do is is be a good dad, be as as, be as educated as I can, get as many facts as I can, uh, be a good father to my kids and 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 try to try to educate them on 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 facts and what I know and let them make their own decisions. You know, in, in my household, there's no one way or this. It's no Let's debate. Let's have good talks uh, because everybody's different and everybody comes at it from a different view. And I think you need to respect everybody's view, but you can also learn from other people. You know, I've had talks with, with one of my sons and, and he, he makes a, a really good point. And I go, you know, I'm glad we talked about that because now I, I, I look at that a little bit differently. If you, if you can debate somebody or, or put, uh, put something in their mind that makes them think about something, well, then you got a pretty good point. So, uh, you know, I, I like to do that. And I, I like when somebody can do that, you know, not necessarily change my mind, but make me think about it because we all have our, our, our inclinations. We all have our thoughts on things and we get a little too steadfast in that, you know, when sometimes we need to take a step back and say, Hey, let me, let me listen to somebody else and what they're feeling right now. Let's talk about this. And wow, that's interesting where you're coming from, you know? And, uh, you know, that's life. And, and I think that's, that's, in my opinion, that the best way to go about navigating this life that's, that sometimes is, is tough. And, and we hit bumps in the road. And right now we're going through a lot of bumps, you know, and we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, but uh doesn't mean it's going to be easy and doesn't mean there's going to be some heartache on the way. But I think as a nation, we, we need to just 
it, it starts with the family and just that, that family closeness, those family talks that, uh, you know, I, I think it always starts there and, um, you know, we'll move on and we'll see what happens. Well, but, uh, anyway, enough of that. Uh, well, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it and, and nobody really, really cares what I think about that. That's no, just my do. personal feelings. You're a, guy, you're a guy who played. You're a guy who just brought up what happened when, during 9-11. I think it is important to hear from what a guy like you has to say who's, I mean, like I said, I'm a fan. I, I'm not the smartest baseball. Dad, I remember going down. And this is before, you know, we had cell phones, but we didn't have the, the cameras that we have now. And it wasn't no. that accessible. You know, we had flip phones. And you remember the flip phone days is you. Sure. You take a picture and it was grainy and it was, you know, it was just different. It wasn't what the kids have and what we have nowadays. We went down to 9-11 and I still remember it. Me and Big Rude, you know, Johnny Olerud. We were there. We were in town to play the Yankees. And they said, anybody that wants to go down to the towers, you know, they're going to take us, you know, on a special bus and behind the barriers and see. And, and, and I remember just walking through the rubble down there with the, with the smoke still wow, coming you off went? The, you went? the ground. Yeah, we had put the hard hats on and went down there. And it was a surreal moment. It was a real humbling moment, you know. And I remember looking at Big Rude and we had a great, you know, Johnny's one of my, my favorite teammates, one of my favorite people of all time. And, and we had a very, you know, our relationship was very sarcastic. And, and you know, for the, just that time, there wasn't much sarcasm. It was just really something like this is real. Something real just happened. And it was really surreal. And, um, you know, but that was then. And they, re, they rebuilt it. And New York got back on its feet. And, and we got our butt, butts whooped by the Yankees that, that year in the postseason. <laughs> but, um yeah, it was it was a time in history, and it was it was uh, interesting. But I think we did the right thing as players, and we played through it. And I think that's what the fans wanted. I didn't. And re- that's what the nation wanted. And I now as a as an ex player and as a fan, you know, I, I I need something to look to. I want to look to my athletes to, because the everyday grind, man, it gets sometimes it's just with kids running around and this, and you've got all this activity and, you know, we're getting paperwork and teachers are calling and we're doing emails and sometimes watching a game or watching an NBA game or watching an NFL game, that's just time to chill and kind of get away from the, the, the everyday hustle and bustle. Not to say I would give it up for anything, man. Uh, This is the greatest gift I've had. You know, I've got to do so many great things in life, but now being a dad, I really like it. Because now I'm like a real dad because I'm, I'm 100% and I'm present. You know, I'm not off. I don't have a job that I've got to go to seven days a week for 12 hours a day. You know, I, I have little time to be hands-on and help with homework and, you know, harass the kids because, you know, that's what you do. You drive them crazy and they drive you crazy. But, man, I really treasure being like a, a home 100% dad all the time. It's it's kind of cool. It's frustrating, but it's very rewarding in the end. And in the big scheme of my life and what I've been able to do and, and the accomplishments, what I'm doing right now is the most important thing I could do. And uh, I wouldn't give that up for the world. But uh, yeah, that 9-11, very, uh, once again, the only word that keeps coming up is just humbling. 2020 has been quite a year, and it's made for uh, an interesting podcast with both Brett and myself. I was kind of getting to know each other, but I will say 2020 was nice because you and I got to get to know each other a bit and kind of go down this path of podcast. But I appreciate your knowledge, and I think as all fans and listeners, we do appreciate your 
you know, a guy coming from the game itself, a firsthand experience of many of the things that are going on. And a guy like myself, who's just a broadcaster, who's only had brief windows into what your world was like when I was in and out of locker rooms. But only a few people can tell exactly what's going on in those kind of situations. And the fact that you're willing to express what's going on and tell what what it is from that side of the fence, it's it's refreshing. So we appreciate it. Hey, Dan, let's try to keep it a little lighter next week, shall we? <laughs> as long as our own city's burning down, I'll, I'll stick to the golf of the orange roughy. That is fine by me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach him on Twitter, it is at the boon 29 at the boon 29. That's where you can text him, tweet him, everything you want to do. If you have questions, send them on over to him. We'll read them out loud and we'll uh, we have no problems answering anything you guys can throw at us. For the Silver Slugger, the All-Star, Brett Boone, my name is Dan Levy. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully next time we will uh, bring it a little more sillier. But this was good. We were reflective. And this is all what 2020 is all about is talking it out, airing it out, and hopefully coming to feeling a little bit better and a little more perspective on life. And thank you so much, Brett, for uh, adding that part of it. You got it. All right, Danny. Have a great week. See you guys.